0: Podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can
1: speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope.
0: Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome back, everyone. We were away for a little bit over Christmas and New Year's, but we're very happy to be back with you for this first episode of 2022. And because the new year is usually a time when we focus on resolutions or newness or new things, we thought we would talk a little bit about the pain of perseverance of those times where it's really difficult to just keep going, to put one foot in front of the other, to stay true to those things that we feel called to or things that we've committed to. And we also talk a little bit about what helps us in those times when we're struggling to persevere, what can help us to really be faithful. We hope you enjoy.
1: Hi, hi guys. Happy New Year.
0: Hello. Happy, Happy New, New Year,
1: Year to Except, everybody. Except, okay, I was just going to say, I feel like New Year's was like three months ago. Yeah. Because mm. I don't know. It's just been so, we're so much into the month or something. Anyway, it's January 15th today that we're recording this. Yeah. But I feel like it's been like more than two weeks of, 2022 i don't know anyway happy new year <laughs>
2: so weird <laughs> to be like a it's yeah. true my um my sister got married this like just really early in the year first week of january so i almost feel like i didn't really have a new year because we were just like prepping for the wedding and everything and then mm. and then after the wedding i was sort of like emerged out of this cocoon and i was like um oh yeah it's 2022 you know what i mean like it just kind of wasn't yeah wasn't Right. Yeah. That's fair. So yeah, it's uh, true. So I had a wedding over Christmas and new year. What did you guys do? (laughs) That's fun.
1: Not a lot. Like, so Rachel, did, okay. So happen. Rachel, yeah. you said you had a wedding. Your sister got married. Yes. Yes.
2: I, I just didn't get married. <laughs> my sister got, that's true. I should that be That would be a clear. big twist
0: to the that story, be, you know? Wow. Over the like three week uh, break that we had, you met somebody, started dating. Got engaged got, and I married. Got married. And yeah. Now I mean, I'm you're sure... pregnant. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh.
2: None of that is true, Internet. Wherever. <laughs> not that our podcast ever goes viral or something, but that should never be. <laughs> please, God, let that not be. Not that anyone cares, but yeah, I am not married, not pregnant, not in, none of those things.
0: That's hilarious. All right, all you guy <laughs> listeners, just to uh, you know, make your move now. That's uh... a. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Erin, uh, yeah. how was your holidays? Um, well, it was pretty quiet because of like we have whatever restrictions and things in, in Ontario um, with Omicron. So it was very quiet, which is always kind of nice. Like I really yeah. uh, like we usually have a big gathering with family, which, uh, you know, I miss because it's, you know, 20 or 30 people, cousins and stuff, which is lots of fun. And we play poker for money on Christmas. So that's always Ooh. nice, you know, but. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's also nice when it's not that because then the day can be spent, like, actually, like I feel like I'm with Jesus a little bit more because it's a little bit more quiet, like very focused right. on, you know, what it is. Yeah. And then for New Year's, I went out to my sister's house for a little while and then left and came back here and hung out with all of my aunts. <laughs> like, well, a couple of aunts were over visiting and my parents and that's basically it. So it's like... Me and the old guys for New Year's. That's good. That's (laughs) good. How about you, Nicole? Yeah. Yeah, No, my
1: holidays were lovely. Um, so Nathan, my boyfriend and I had driven up to Virginia to be with his family for a few days. And then the plan was to fly to Ireland and see my sister and her family and you know, my little niece and nephew. But we kind of decided at the last minute to to not go just because of all of the COVID stuff and flight cancellations and just feeling like you probably would be prudent. So we stayed. Yeah. in Virginia, it was lovely. My sister, yeah. My sister and her family ended up all getting COVID over, <gasps> over Christmas. Oh, and they did. So they did. And they're, you know, they're all okay, but it would have been, um, not good for us to be there, you know, so yeah. probably, to come back and yeah. yeah, it would have been hard for us to probably get on our flights and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so it was good. It was very relaxing, you know, it was a very, uh, calm holiday, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone listening had you know, a restful, relaxing, joyful, fill in all the good adjectives here, but we are a podcast about suffering. So if your <laughs> Christmas was just totally a trash bag, awful time, you know, A trash bag. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. You're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we're, I mean, it's, it's a new year. Like I said, I've kind of emerged out of the cocoon of wedding celebration, which was awesome. I'm in Texas as many, maybe many of you who've been following us for a little bit, No. um, So we were able to have some celebration and things like that because of differences in restrictions Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so I did party it up you know for a week and it was fun and then I crashed for a few days and now I'm like hey what's going on 2022 and one of the major things that usually happens at New Year's is resolutions and you know let's start good habits and things like that so have you guys do you guys have resolutions like do you what's your New Year's kind of outlook right now?
0: Yeah, I don't really have anything specific because I'm like, I feel like I've had enough of my life behind me where I've seen like making resolutions and then like a week later being like, well, this was a stupid choice. I'm not doing it. So I was like, no, I'm just going to kind of keep, I'm just going to kind of keep trying to be faithful to the Lord and just make that my everyday resolution for the rest of my life. That seems good for me.
2: My
1: unicorn.
0: I, yeah, you know, I don't.
1: I don't like doing news resolutions. I think for the same reason as Aaron said, is if I'm like, I'm going to do this because it's good. And then I do it for a little while and then I fall off the bandwagon, but I do go through. So went through like a different, a bunch of different categories. This is the second year I've done this, but you know, um, social life and work and my phd and finances and like all of the different sort of categories of life and written down what my desires are in those categories mm. so not necessarily you know i'm going to do this but like what do i want mm-hmm. because i've just found it more helpful if i articulate to myself what i want then i'm often like oh yeah and I, i'm motivated to do some a- sort of action in that area mm. um just more organically so that's that's what i did this year so i've got a bunch of different desires written down nice i love
2: that Um, I feel like that ties in actually to what we're talking about today, which is hope. Um, because I think you have to to be a hopeful person, you have to be able to acknowledge what you desire and not be afraid of that and trust the Lord Mm. with that. So we're gonna get into all of that in a minute. But um yeah, in terms of New Year's resolutions for me, I'm similar to both of you, but I do um I do like to do my calendar. So I used to buy, you know, you go to chapters, whatever and you buy those. You're, like you're a cat beautiful. calendar, yeah, like a lovely little whatever, or a, <laughs> or an agenda or something. Mm. And I I stopped doing that and I started like making my own, not like out of bullet journal, just like notebooks. I have so many notebooks. Does anybody else have this problem? You're just like drowning <laughs> in like pretty notebooks, and i like, like half filled mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, like maybe some of the guys out there can relate here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Um, but yeah. So I have some notebooks, and I was like, I'm just gonna use them. So I started. Creating my own kind of yearly calendar, so that's kind of a fun thing that you know gets me kind of ready for the year. Just getting all the dates out there and filling in birthdays. I wanna, I wanna permanently put in everybody's birthday in my calendar because I always forget. Nice. Anyways, Mm cool. Um, But yeah, I'm gonna just hop off of what you said, Nicole, though about you know acknowledging your desires. Today we're gonna talk about hope because at at New Year's. A lot, a lot of us make resolutions and by now people are starting to maybe fall off the bandwagon and it's super discouraging. Um, and in other situations, I think you were hoping for a specific start to the year that didn't come about or, um, you know, different kinds of disappointments that I think we're often faced with at the end of a
1: year, in the beginning of the next, of the next one. Yeah. Like so, the, I hope this would have been the year that I, mm, whatever, fill in the blank and it didn't happen or whatever. Exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. Right. And I think the older we get more of those disappointments kind of come our way and life like, is great, isn't it? I, yeah. <laughs> I just love it. I do you love it? It's I funny. do. But it's hard. And so yeah, I yeah. guess when you guys think about that, what are your you know, what are your experiences of maybe difficulty in persevering in hope?
1: Mm-hmm. OK. I have an example. and awesome. it's kind of gross. And it's okay. probably TMI, but I'm going to share it anyway. Okay. Okay. Yes. This is my example of hope and perseverance, and it's it's a really kind of it's almost more of an analogy. Okay, I'm giving more. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, so when I was in my 20s, I had you know you get those little like planters warts on your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. I had like a whole bunch of those, like oh, from nice. middle of college, <laughs> and they just would not go away. Okay. Okay. For years. Right. Stay tuned Instagram for a photo of. <laughs> oh my costume. gosh! Yeah, Ram. not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Thankfully, I did not take photos. I don't think. Yeah. No. Um, and so yeah, and I it was this kind of thing where it's like okay, you know, they first appear, and then you go to the doctor or whatever, and it just like nothing was working, and I tried all the over the counter like those little like whatever all the, the stuff kits that you can and, buy, yeah, all the yeah, kits and right. things. I had done everything, 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 and it just wouldn't go away. So it was like this thing where at first there's this thing in my life that I'm like, okay, I don't want to even like talk to anybody about this. This right. is disgusting. And it, and like the saying like, Oh, whatever, whoever loves you warts and all. I'm like, no, no one is ever going to love me with these, you know? Um, oh. and, and so, but in the first phase of like, okay, I'm just going to get rid of these and I'm going to figure it out and it's going to be fine or whatever. And then it, it just didn't happen. And I reached this point where I gave up. I was just like, whatever, I don't care. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was just like, it was, it was the kind of thing where it was always at the back of my mind. Cause they were on my toes. So I felt yeah. it whenever I walked and it's painful. Right. Mm. And so it was no matter where I was or what I was doing, there was just like this little tiny constant reminder that like something is not right in my body and that there's nothing I can do about it. Or like, those are the things I would tell myself. Um, and you know, eventually I think it took like eight or nine years I, I had, you know, given up. And I remember I was like, um, praying one day and I was like, God, like I do, you, is this going to be my whole life? Like, is this going to be like, you know, St. Paul talked with a thorn in the flesh. Is it like mine the is just like a word in my toe. <laughs> like, is that the thing? Like, I don't want that. And, and it was, it was causing me to ask all these questions of like, does God intend us to suffer forever? Is there other, you know, are mm-hmm. there types of suffering that we just have to bear forever and that there's no hope? and that, you know, or is this something that I can can I have hope? Can I have a a belief that something is going to get better? Um, that this eventually these will be gone or something. And I, I was like, I don't know, what's the proper spiritual attitude to have? I don't know. And then like <laughs> I don't care anymore, whatever. But I remember one time praying and being like, okay, I'm done, Lord. Like, this is so frustrating. It's been like, whatever, eight years since these things have been bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um I remember opening, like opening my Bible at random. And it was, um, the scripture, I think in like the book of Sirach where it's like, the Lord has anointed the doctor to know how, I don't I'm paraphrasing mm. honestly, oh, know yeah, how yeah. to help you. And so anyone who, you know, if, if you are sick, go to the doctor. So I was like, fine, I'll try again. again. Like been there, done that didn't, you know, and anyways, able to find a doctor and I went weekly for treatments for like six months.
0: Wow. um, Which was very painful because they free anyways, um, I'm so much
1: detail you guys. I'm sorry. But anyways, (laughs) here you
0: go. This is going to help if somebody is listening and they are experiencing plant rewards right now, they're going to be like, you know, when you're listening to something and you're like, the Lord made this just for me. (laughs) So if that's you, we love you. You're welcome. Jesus (laughs) loves you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um,
1: but yeah, I went to the doctor and so she was doing this work treatment and it was like after, after a few months, this, yep. the one doctor, I could tell that she was like, that she would lost. She was like, I don't think this is going to work. Like she was just like, mm, wow. I would go into the office and she'd be like, okay. And her energy was, low and I was like, oh, you don't actually think you can help me anymore. Do you, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Anyway. And then one, one week by fluke, when I was going, I ended up having to go to a different doctor the university, um, like oh yeah. Health clinic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and this doctor, she was this like doctor in her fifties and she like bikes to work every day and she was really like no nonsense kind of lady. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, here's my warts on my feet. And she was like, Oh yeah, these are like, these are big. These have been there for a while. Haven't they? She's like, it's okay. You just have to be persistent with these guys and they'll eventually go away. And I was like, okay. And wow. Anyway, six months later, whatever it was, weekly things and of like really painful, they they went away. Awesome. And, and it was like this feeling where I I was like both like, I can't believe this is gone. And also I was like, almost forgot that it had ever happened that I'd had this right. thing. But I remember praying about it and thanking the Lord. <laughs> and I felt like the Lord was like, remember this experience. Mm. Remember this experience of. A, sometimes there's things in life that are painful, and they take a long time to be resolved, and to have patience, but also mm-hmm. to know that there is a resolution that will come, and um, to never give up that hope of that that that. Basically, the Lord's like, I don't want you to suffer. I am going to heal you. It just might take longer than you you want sometimes, but like mm-hmm. to be to never lose that. Assumption that like, no, the Lord did not intend for me to suffer like this for the rest of my life, Um, unless I don't know, there's a specific call. Some of the saints maybe had or something like that. But in general, that's not what the Lord is calling us to. Um, So anyways, that's my that's my story. And there's been, you know, other stuff in life where it's more maybe a little bit more profound um sufferings or or challenges. And I remember that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm supposed to still be hopeful. And that's I've been th- I've yeah. been through this on a smaller yeah. level, you know. So anyways, that's yeah. my story. That okay. Was so, beautiful. Like yeah. that
2: totally spoke to me. I was like starting to tear up. I was like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> all the awards on my okay, feet. listen. <laughs> my I was award not tearing up because I was trying not to vomit because I hate feet. I hate them. <laughs> so the thing fire. I'm However, you got still very proud or very profound. I mean, yes. Yeah, no. But while you're talking, I'm like, honestly, it's such a good example partially because it's like funny and relatable and you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not like, it's like something that you can share. That's a very practical, like, oh yeah, people have probably had an experience like in some way with something like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, what the thing that I think stood out for me the most is when you were talking about like being in that place where you're just like, all right, then I'm just going to give up, you know, like, I feel like that's such a relatable, place because i feel that in me all the time when um when there's this time of you've been hoping for something, you've been like asking the Lord for something, Um, like it's something difficult that is painful to bear and it's a heavy cross and you feel it, but it's like that experience as well of seeing nothing in your immediate vicinity that actually speaks of change or that speaks yeah. of resolution or that speaks right. of, of a lifting of that that cross. Right. And it's, it's so like, there's that, that place of darkness that you can get into in terms of perseverance, like even with little things, but also with like the really big things, you know, like with the big places of kind of like existential angst that we have about things or about the Lord's ability to, to do good or to change our lives and his power, like in that place I find for me is where I doubt his power. To do anything. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I doubt his ability to actually change it. Right. Or his ability to change me. Like, I doubt that sometimes. That if it's something that actually, like you said, Nicole, like if it's a longer term cross, like if it is something that he's giving me that is going to make me holy, that he's going to allow me to carry for a long time, possibly the rest of my life, I also doubt his ability to give me the grace to do that, to change Mm -hmm. me in a way that Mm -hmm. will let me do it without destroying me. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. I think that also you raise a really good point, Erin, because I think when we act in hope or when we live in hope, we affirm our faith in who God really is. And Mm. when we struggle to hope, it's usually some form of doubt in who God is. Right. So you were just mentioned like I like you struggled to trust in the power of God to change things. I think I struggle to trust in the goodness of God. My mind goes to sort of this, like, Oh my gosh, like you're just a jerk. You're just like a yeah. twisted like sadist up there yeah. in heaven. And you just want me to suffer. And I know that that's not true, but like for lack of any other explanation, my heart just needs to blame him because I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Cause I can't handle this anymore. And To be fair, he can handle that in prayer when I call him, when I say all these awful things to him, which I do not recommend other people saying to God in general, but you know, but that's the doubt. That's just the vocalized doubt that comes in up in me that God isn't really good, that he doesn't really love me he loves everyone Mm -hmm. else. But like in my situation, he's just not going to come through, you know, he just doesn't want to.
1: Yeah, I can I can think of times, you know, both in the the Wart experience and other things where I'm like, Lord, you could fix this. You could fix this as an instant. I know you can. If you're so why aren't you? Like, what is wrong with you? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. yeah. That's and it's nice. just this, or like, do you or or the the other thing? I think those two two things you're articulating. Either it's like we doubt the God's power, or maybe he's actually not able to do this, or we doubt his goodness. Like maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, or it, we doubt something in like, maybe I'm the one who's messed up and Mm -hmm. God just wants me to suffer. Like that, or Mm -hmm. we get like some sort of twisted view of I deserve this. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, this is part of, being a Christian is to, is to just like, like sort of this, like fake, like a martyr kind of attitude of like, Oh, I'm just here to suffer and whatever, you know? And it's like, well, that's not quite, that's a bit, that's not, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, like, because I think, you know, in the, in examples of let's say the saints or people who were actually martyrs and all of that, like there's joy in it. Or you think Mm of, um, parents loving their kids and waking up for the umpteenth time at night, like, okay, maybe there's, uh, you know, a, that's tired and all of that kind of stuff, but there's a certain, like you love your child. And so the sacrifice is coming from a place of love, right. Or yeah. if it's a place of burden and feeling like, um, you're being pushed down and that, or something like, I don't know, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not what God calls us to.
0: Well, it's even like, there's the, there's like a lot of pride in there sometimes too, because there can be that kind of self-doubt of like, well, if I, if I was suffering properly, then the Lord would take it away. Like he's trying to teach me a lesson or he's trying to do this thing in me. And so if only I would be cooperating as I should with his grace, then it would end. So then it's like placing the emphasis on me and my abilities. Like I also, I do that too all the time, you know, like if I just loved enough in this circumstance, then the Lord would resolve it because he's trying to, Teach me something. He's trying to do something or totally. do something in me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of try to win. Like, it's like it's like a, a, a mind games. So they are like, okay, what's yeah. the lesson God's trying to
1: teach me? If I can just like <laughs> prove to him that I've learned right. it, then he'll take this <laughs> damn suffering away. Right. That's right. Like, that's right, that's right.
0: Which is so crazy because then it's like it's totally bringing it back to us and our abilities and our response and all of those kind of things, and not on like on God, like just trusting trusting god with whatever like even in the struggle even in our in our falling you know like saint faustina talked about that all the time like the jesus saying to her like how painful it is when souls don't trust him yeah. especially you know in falls in you know discouragement and all of those kind of things
2: yeah. yeah i i feel like i've had in my life a unique experience of this kind of zone of being stuck in a place and not really knowing and the lord not Showing me a way forward. So there's a couple things to mm-hmm. this for me. One one thing um, is I'm trying to like be proactive in seeking the doctor. You know, like you were saying, Nicole, like for the wart situation. Like for my right. metaphor, I'm like trying to be proactive, and I literally are, I'm experiencing like doors slamming shut. Like, Everywhere. There's not a single, or like I keep trying and nothing's happening. So then, then it's like, you know, okay, Lord, do you, do you want me to give up? Like, how do I, am right. I supposed to give up? And, but it's complicated because sometimes you're not supposed to give up, but it's humiliating to keep yeah. trying and having doors slammed in your face. And so that's the pride thing. It's like, Okay, like am I stop, am I not trying anymore because I feel the Lord saying to me, pause and wait with me and pray with me and hang out with me and be with me? Or am I not going forward because I'm just tired of being humiliated, mm. you know and and I am like I really am tired of being humiliated. So it's a bit of a discernment as to like, well what yeah. is the motivation behind this pause? And then so that's one part that I that I feel like I'm still even working through. And another thing is, there was a period of time where I did feel like the Lord was saying, pause. And He was saying, like, you're in a lot of pain right now, and I'm not going to take it away. And that was very, Mm. very clear. But Mm. I knew it wasn't like forever. It wasn't like He was like, you're going to be in this pain Mm. forever. He was like, right now and for the indefinite future, that I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly when that's going to end. You're going to feel this pain, and I want you to stay with it. I want you to Mm. listen to it. I want, because sometimes our pain, is telling us something important just about who we are about our relationship with the Lord. And it's not like a lesson, but it's like, he wants to involve us in the process of whatever it is that he's doing in our lives. And that's really hard to do. But I remember like, it was unmistakable for me just being like, and, but the key to that was to put myself in his presence. So Mm -hmm. to go through that pain without losing hope meant like just literally physically putting myself before the blessed sacrament as often as I possibly could and continuing to bring that to him. And so like, you know, I want to ask you guys, about what kinds of things the Lord has given you to, to persevere in hope for me, this was one of them. And actually was confirmed recently. I remember reading, um, when, one of the readings this last week and a half was Hannah, you know, going in the, in the temple to pray, like, and she was literally just sobbing and sobbing because she mm-hmm. was barren and she brought that pain and its entirety and all its intensity to the feet, to God's feet. And she just lay it, all out there. And there was something in that for me in that reading where I was like, okay, like to hope is actually sometimes to do this. It's to be completely bare and open and vulnerable to the Lord with all our desires and all the pain that has come from the disappointment of those desires and, you know, Mm -hmm. carrying that disappointment. And there's something really beautiful that God wants wants to relate with us in there and, and to do something in our lives that's special. And obviously then she has Samuel who's this great prophet of Israel. So, you know, but it's easy to get to the end of the story and be like, well, she had Samuel and he's a prophet, but like that moment that Hannah was in the temple when she had nothing, you know, that was her act of hope. And I think Mm -hmm. like God really kind of shone a spotlight for me on that being like, this is a way and you need to you know, go this
0: way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you, um, like when you talk about your experience, Rachel, there's definitely a sense of like hearing from the Lord, right? Like how important that is to actually hear from him and to have that kind of, uh, reassurance in a sense. Like, even if it's a reassurance of like, I'm not healing this now, like I'm not taking it away right now, but I will. And I had an experience like that for sure, where for a long time, the the scripture that was coming and what he kept saying was like, your walls are ever before me. Your walls are ever before me. But it was, but it wasn't a a condemning kind of thing at all. It was, Mm -hmm. it was a recognition from him. Like, yes, that what you are feeling is right. Like what you are feeling is Mm -hmm. there. It's not in your imagination. And like, I'm, I'm going to deal with it, but it was kind of like that sense of like, I'm going to deal with it, but, but it wasn't going to be like a short, like, you know, immediate, anything like that. Right. He's like, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. so that just underscores for me the importance of being in that time with the Lord. Like that in those times when we're trying to persevere, like when we're called to that perseverance of like, of making it a priority to sit and be with the Lord and to hear from him and to, because he's the one who knows his own goodness. He's the one who knows his own action, his own timeline for us, his own everything like that. So if we want, if we need those nuggets of hope, it's going to, it comes from him. Like that's a gift that mm, comes right. from him. Right. So that's we right. need to be with him. So for me, yeah, that's like... That's something that's helpful. And... And then I think the other thing is, um, there's a, uh, St. Alphonsus Ligori is great for this and thinking about the way that he talks about everything is a gift, a loving gift from the hands mm-hmm. of a loving and good God. Mm-hmm. So if it's difficult and if it's a suffering, then it's for our holiness and for our good. Otherwise mm-hmm. he would not allow it. He can, he can use everything for our good. Or if it's something, you know, pleasant and whatever, then it's just a gift that we can use, you know, as encouragement and, you know, to help us see him as a good father. And then for me to root that in the scriptures like Romans 8:28 is my favorite scripture passage God works for the good in all things for those who love him and are called according to his purpose mm-hmm. um so it's like to see what God has revealed about himself to be true in his goodness, in his power, in his all-knowingness, in his love for me, in all of those kind of things. Like it's all in the scriptures. So when I don't believe it based on my experience, I can believe it based on what he has said about himself to be mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what I find is helpful for me. Yeah. How about you?
1: I think yeah, you know the I I think about St. Monica, right? The mother of St. Augustine. Um mm. so she was you know, married to a pagan who I think like didn't treat her that great. And she had her son and he went off and lived a totally hedonistic lifestyle away from faith. And then what was it like 41, 42 years, something like that, where she just like prayed mm-hmm. and cried and prayed and cried for him like every single day that he would find that he would find conversion. He'd be converted. Um so I just think of that persistence of prayer and asking, like it, she never gave up. She never stopped praying and was like, well, I guess this is just my lot in life. Like she didn't, she just yeah. kept praying and kept, and I, I, there was some quote or something where it was like, you know, the Lord cannot resist the tears of a mother or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's just like a hallmark thing. I don't know. But like, mm. I connect that to St. Monica. i just like, um, yeah, just never stopped praying. And I think that's what I found too, in, in different things that when I've been going through these sufferings that I have to be really patient in that that's mm-hmm. what's driving me to prayer every morning, you know, yeah. cause I'm like, Lord, you still need to fix this thing. You haven't fixed it yet. You know? Mm. Um, and then thinking about how, um, the time of St. Augustine's conversion, I think he was going to go travel to Milan. Right. And she was like, Oh my gosh, this is like the worst place for him to go. I'm going to lose him forever. And she was like, like, that was her point of like, right. Like of breaking of just like, okay. Like I've been praying for so long and nothing has happened and like almost giving up. And of course that's where he met Bishop Ambrose and had his conversion and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so just, yeah, there's um, of persistence in prayer and also knowing that sometimes a thing that seems like the worst thing that could possibly happen, maybe that there's, that if there's a change that's happening in that, maybe God is working through that in some mysterious way, you know? So mm. just going back to that example, that's been helpful yeah. for me.
2: Yeah, really. Um, I love all of those things. And, you know, I, I think that there are sometimes multiple tools that God is calling us to avail ourselves of, but it's more than just the practical reality of those things. It's really him that's calling us through all of them. And that's what I really like. Cause I'm somebody who I'm not the most practical person. I'm very, I'm like, you know, I live in my head a whole lot. And so I, my motivation has to be more than just like step a step B. It has to be mm. what some, some deeper underlying thing. And the deeper yeah. underlying thing is like, Jesus is calling me to himself in love. Like all of this is for love of me. Like what you, what you said to Aaron and and it's all there in that story of St. Augustine and, and St. Monica. And it's it's just all this huge, long love story. And like, I think that that's something that gives me a lot of hope because that's what we're all created for. That's what we're all ultimately craving and all of the little disappointments or the big disappointments that we're suffering through is this feeling of not being loved. And we talked about that even over, over the Christmas series that we had. And so I think that grounds the hope that I feel like God's calling me to, like, I love you. And all of this is because I love you. And then, then with that, I, he has recently been really like, pray with your desires, you know, and not Mm -hmm. just, so the the Hannah way, which is like, pour out your tears to me, but also you know, um, CCO Catholic Christian Outreach, which is the focus kind of their uh, you know, equivalent in Canada. Equivalent in Canada. Hmm. They one of their tenets is great expectations to pray with great expectations. And my students, if they're listening, will laugh because I used to always say that in mission and ministry is like, guys, we should pray with great expectations. Like that's what the Lord wants us to do. And but it was hard to do it sometimes in my own life in different areas of my own life. And I really feel like God has been like pressing into that for me. Like, you need to have great expectations. And to have no kind of physical or external sign that there is a reason to have great expectations, yeah. mm-hmm. right, is precisely the area in, in in my life in which the Lord is. This is where I want you to have great expectations. And I and I look at him sometimes like, but how? <laughs> like yeah, how, you yeah, know? right. And I think for me, the how has been it's just total trust, like like the trust of a child who at Christmas time you know, asks for a pony or a dog or whatever, like, you know, that it's kind of this crazy, unrealistic thing, but, and whatever happens on Christmas, usually, you know, that child, if they're mm. really loved by their family and they know that they they are so excited and happy with whatever is under the tree, but that kind of abandonment of just like coming to the Lord and just laying it all out and just giving him that total, mm. because he has more than that, and I know that is true. He has more than what I expect planned for my life. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, you know, I just want to say, if there's anyone out there who's like struggling with some big disappointment, it doesn't mean that you have to fake like some kind of excitement that you don't hmm. feel, you know, because I don't yeah. like in this area, I'm not like, yeah, God's gonna, I don't have that yeah. feeling, but I have a conviction that yeah. this is who my God is. And I am meant Mm -hmm. to rely on that. And so I will. And like you said, Erin, you know, with the word, with the word, like if I can't come up with it in my external experience, I will go back to the word or I will go back to stories like Nicole just said about, Mm -hmm. about the saints, or I will go back to the evidence that God has given me on which I can rely 100% Mm -hmm. when I don't have it in my life, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's like, we found this quote, um, that I think is really good. Um, it's by Carrie Ten Boom, and it says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And that really is like, it comes down to like what what you guys are saying, that, that if we come to know God more, then we're able to recognize more and more. And it's not on our, it's not on our, um, like, I can't just through my own, you know, Perseverance or through my own perception, like know immediately the depths of God. Like it's not my work, but it's God revealing himself to me more and more through lots of different things, like through other people. Like you guys have hoped for me for different things when I'm not able to hope for myself. It's through the saints, like through like they are with God. They are in the reality of the beatific vision right now. They know his mind. They know his will. They're with him. Mm-hmm. They're one with mm-hmm. him. And so ha- like relying on their um, on their intercession, or even on the stories of of their perseverance, and that that actually brought them into the beatific vision, you know, or yeah, the word, or all of those kind of things. Like, it's all about, it's all coming to the end of knowing God more in mm-hmm. truth, in the fullness right. of truth, right? And when I know Him yes. more and more, then ultimately, that's going to give me a greater ability to persevere and to hope in perseverance because I know who I'm placing my trust in and all of it is a preparation for death. Like my aunt just passed away this week, like Rachel's me, which I is love totally that. true like, though.
2: Yeah, I know. No, I loved it though. You're like, and it's so beautiful. And all of it is because we're going to
0: die. Like at the end, of it, it was just so good. Oh, that was a plot twist. You didn't see that coming, you know, but it's true. Like my aunt, my That's aunt had, so please pray for her. Um, if you're hearing this, you know, like she passed away this week. And it really made me think about that again. Like we had an episode um, on um, Memento Mori in season one, near the end of season one, but it really is true because it's like the Lord prepares us with these greater and greater um, ways or invitations to trust him, because at death it will be that's it. Like this is the yeah. greatest act of trust and surrender and mm. hope that we will ever have to make. And mm. hope doesn't exist in heaven because it's not needed. So like yeah. Yeah. it is, you know, it's like that ultimate that ultimate so hope nice. to place in him. Yeah, is <laughs> you know is like he wants to make it. He wants to make death easy for us, basically. Like yeah. he wants to make death I easier for us, which is. Mm. Uh, really a gift. Mm. It is. <laughs> okay. I have, I have three thoughts.
1: Awesome. Okay. Okay. Thought number one, this quote that we, um, by Corey ten boom, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. If you, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Corey ten boom is and you're like, well, who is this random person? She was a Holocaust survivor. So she was mm. in a concentration camp and she lost everyone. And she underwent incredibly terrible things. Um, look her up, her story is incredible. So if anyone has authority to talk about hope, she yeah. does. Amen. Um, so that's one, one thing. Um, oh yeah. Thing two, I think like, too. I don't think I don't remember anything else. Um, well, I was just thinking about, um, a couple of things that was it sort of come up a few times, but that hope is not a feeling hope is mm. not optimism. It's not when you're hoping you may not feel hopeful. Like it's, we, you know, we talk about it, as a, um, the church says that hope is a theological virtue. So it's a virtue that is, is given it's a grace, which is why spending time with the Lord is so important. Mm -hmm. But I think that we have to cooperate with that grace. And, and for me, that has been, um, that hope has been an intellectual decision to believe that resolution will come, even though all of the evidence points to the contrary. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you decide, I'm just going to believe that this is because, and and it's a, and that's a response to a grace. Right. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but yeah, it's just, it's, there's not, hope. you don't hope because you're like, well, this thing happened. So maybe it's, you know, going to get better. Hope, hope comes when there's, zero evidence that anything good is going to happen when everything is black. And yet somehow you're still making that intellectual choice to believe that it's going to right. Get better. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, and that, that, yeah. So that's the other thing. I don't know. Remember what the third thing was? Maybe there wasn't one, (laughs) but um, Um, anyways, those are my thoughts. I can
2: tack on a thing. We can make, I can make a a third thing real quick because nice. (laughs) I do. I think, yeah, that part of that intellectual choice is asking, sometimes we need direction or help from the Lord in this, but what are the ways in which we can manifest that choice in our lives? Like, are we Mm -hmm. called to act in some way or are we called to just sometimes, you know, like we, we need to reprogram our brains and we need to say out loud the opposite of what the tape in our minds is constantly Mm -hmm. playing so that we, we are like really honing in on the choice that we are making, that we are choosing to hope. Or is it, to talk to a friend who's going to encourage you rather than someone who's going to kind of keep pulling you back into the black of things. So I think that's maybe a way to, to, to continue on with that, mm-hmm. that vein of, of thinking is what am I, what ways can I make this manifest manifest yeah. in my
1: life? Absolutely. It, but like,
2: what can I do? You know, what can I do or say yeah. orient? How do I orient myself that way?
1: And really quickly, I know we need to wrap up here, but I remember the third thing and, and Aaron, you had mentioned it already. (laughs) The second, third thing, we're just, there's lots of things today. It's good. Um, and it's this thing of hoping for others. And I don't, I don't know, uh, about Mm. if this is like an official thing or not, but we've talked about it on on our podcast before. And, And this thing of sometimes that when we're in a a situation and we're just tired of hoping we're tired of, of doing that. And I think it's, that's where community comes in, where you can say, Hey, like friend, whoever I am, I'm just not hopeful for this. And, and I've, I've had that where people are talking to me. They're like, I'm just tired. I'm tired of trying to be hopeful. And then I can say, well, that's okay. I have hope for you. I can see that this is, you know, I, I trust that this is going to get better. So don't worry about trying to be hopeful and trying to do all that. I will can do that for you. And people have done that for me and Aaron, we've, we've talked about, we've done that. We've done that for each mm-hmm. other all the time. Mm-hmm. I have hope for you. So I think that hope is also something that can be done in community. It's not something that we're meant to do on our own necessarily.
0: Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. That's beautiful, and it includes the saints too. Like yeah,
1: like yeah, all of
0: us, you know, because it's we are we're still all one in the body of Christ. Oh yeah, in different ways right now, but yeah,
2: hundred percent. Sweet. Okay. Well so you that's know, some that's- good
0: that's some good nuggets there everybody Right?
2: you're welcome we are on fire i don't know on five,
0: 2022 <laughs> rocking it yeah that's right nailed it all right okay at um, least like we feel like that this is helping us uh, yeah so. everyone right. else is you like know, okay. listening you're like okay guys just tone it down a little bit that's yeah that's acceptable
2: anyway. um so yeah Rachel just yeah, you right. Godwinks. So God yes. Mm-hmm. Um I do. I have so many Godwinks actually, but I will choose one because my sister like I said, I got married earlier earlier this year, which is really not that long ago. And um yeah, like a few weeks ago. Yeah, first week of January. And uh and it was crazy because there were some Canadian friends and family who um, for different reasons, were able to make the trek out here to Texas and did just like moved mountains to be here. And it was such a blessing to have these people here. They were just so, I you know, they just were amazing. So as soon as they got here, we, we got them to their, get their tests done. Right. And so the thing in the States is Walgreens um, allow, you know, can, can, gives you drive through tests and they're free and they're fantastic. So if you're traveling just, you know, that's a little tidbit. And CVS so too. Yeah, nice. that's right. CBS too. <laughs> A I'm word so from we- our
1: sponsor. Just for-
2: <laughs> yeah, I, we wish, but no. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I we got all these people into their tests and everything like right away. And then, uh, one of, one of our friends who came, she got her test done on, on, uh, uh, like Saturday morning after the wedding and she got her results back immediately, but it was because she did the NAAT test, which at Walgreens is called the ID now test. So if you're listening, this is really good information. That is the test that is is um, it's valid for crossing the border back into Canada, but it's way quicker than the PCR test. Mm. And everybody else had gotten the PCR test and they're like, oh, they don't have their test results back. We go into Walgreens and they're like, people who had their tests done on Tuesday, these are all people who got them done Thursday, Friday, still don't have their tests back. Even if they did get them back on Saturday morning it would be outside the 72 hour travel window or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, it's a whole complicated oh, thing. I see. So all of these people... Like, there's like four or five of them that were like, We need our test results to get on our planes like tonight or tomorrow, you know, or then like we just, we, and we were in a big panic. And that day was the day after the wedding. I was going on about like three and a half hours of sleep. Oh my gosh. And I was like, Lord, we cannot, all these people who have done so much to be here, like, we cannot just, you can't abandon them. They can't just be stuck here. Like, you have to help me. And so he, through a series of honest miracles. We got this private testing center who was just fantastic. And they squeezed in for nobody else, like emerge places. Like we called like 30 different places Hmm. in like an two hours. And none of them had spots, none of them had room (laughs) and this place for an actually reasonable fee took five people, four people in, no, five people in that day and got them same day results. Like they were same day testing facility. yeah And it all happened because my brother a couple of weeks ago was like, you know what? I don't trust the whole Walgreens thing. I'm just going to book this like private testing thing just as a backup. And because he did that, we, we found, we had this mm. place on hand mm. and it was like, it was an actual miracle because we were at a wedding, you guys, and we're in Texas. There's not, it's just so different from Canada, but every single person tested COVID negative and they all got on their flights and they all went home and it was a miracle because Omicron is really contagious. So we were fully expecting like someone's going to test positive, but Mm. no one did. And it was just a little, you know, sign from the Lord. Like he, I mean, everything about what everybody in my family has been doing, you know, obviously discerned and prayed and everything, but like it's just the Lord was definitely with us and he just honored these beautiful people, you know, who had just made such an incredible sacrifice to be mm-hmm. here with us mm-hmm. to celebrate. And yeah,
0: It was great. So they all got to go home and, you know, and uh, thank you. Can I just say that this is not a God wink, but it's quite funny because we had the link for um, watching the wedding. So me and our secret fourth prayer person, we were (laughs) watching it together and we were like YouTube commentators the whole time. So we're like, we're like, oh, look, oh, 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 somebody's going to step here. Oh, why does that person have that look on their face? What is that? (laughs) Anyways. And then we were also like... I hope they can't hear us. Like, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> that they can't. It doesn't work that way, Erin. Yeah, that's Because I know, because it does. It, it absolutely, like, I know it doesn't work that way, but there's like this secret thing of like, maybe it does And we're ruining tradition. and
2: their they're masked with all this commentary. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. luckily we heard nothing, but I'm so that's glad right. you enjoyed it. And actually Erin yep. took all these pictures oh of my, my sister's wedding from her webcam. It was the so cute. It was like yeah. all yeah. these screenshots and it, they're beautiful screenshots, actually. You're a very good Zoom
0: photographer. Right, person. yeah live exactly.
2: photographer. Yeah. yeah. Anyone so, needs a. Anybody needs
0: to hire me. They're a little yeah. grainy, but right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And maybe this is a meta Godwin because maybe someone who's listening to our podcast needs to figure out how to get back into Canada from the states, and they need that's to right. know the testing information. Guys, Walgreens or CVS, and you have to do the NAAT test. That's the that's the one that you're guaranteed to get results nice. sooner rather than later. So there Sweet.
0: you go. See, there you go. Yeah. <sighs> Sweet ladies. Well, it was a joy. And a privilege. Wow, (laughs) to be with you. Amen.
2: (laughs) And everybody else. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In The Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In The Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.